Hi there, this is Andy Lanning, welcoming you to 11 O'Clock Comics. Nice, that was a sneak attack. This is What about my ears? The stealth one. Little, your, little, your little bomb. This <laughs> is very uncomfortable. This is all. Our conversation earlier today was apropos that I read the, uh, the Deadly Class for Star Oh, God, that was awesome. And he fucking uses the boss's shirt. Oh, God. <laughs> and then he goes on a killing mix. Like, it's like, you know that is cake. And he's cake. And, ah, oh, that's fucking burn. Dude, in the New York subways, every now and then I'll be waiting for the subway, and like you'll, it'll pull up, and the whole thing is packed with every one car that's empty, and you know why, and then if you're it's because there's some homeless dude that just reeks of feces, and the whole car will fucking clear out. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so fucking. There, there, there needs to be one car that is like a, a mobile car wash for people, where it's just that that's the one that the bums go into, and then they get cleaned, and then everybody else can come in. Well, I, people think I'm being chivalrous because I never take a seat. Right. That's not I that. I, I just know that there's I homeless know. dudes that are rubbing shit ass there on those things all night long, so why would I sit there? Oh, that's true. You just shattered the illusion. Yeah, I did. Oh, this is a strange episode already. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Where do we go from here? Nowhere to go but down. Oh, see, but you never, oh man, we could have just went off on that, but you never, you don't like the, uh, once more with feeling, the, the Buffy musical episode. I love that episode. Don't. <laughs> but, but Vince doesn't, and where do we It's, it's my epic Yeah. Yeah. That, that episode's induced vomit. Like, all I know is that Dap is, is going through a history of great television shows. It's like knocking them out of the park. Binge watch Lost, binge watch The Wire, and now you're about to start Mad Men or Breaking Bad. Yeah, we were, I, the idea was Breaking Bad at first, but then last night she, she's like, "Well, for next, why don't we?" And I and I cut her off. I was like, "I thought we were doing Breaking Bad next." And she's like, "Well, what about Mad Men?" And I'm and I don't know how it's it's all art and it's and and whatnot, but I don't know how comfortable some of those episodes based on the time based on the era they'll be. But well, fuck it, happened, it, it yeah, yeah. I, you know, oh, I mean, what you mean? Because I, like I racial would hear stuff? the racial yeah. stuff and things like that. Yeah, so. I would I'd be honest, there's very little that deals with okay, that. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> I would seriously trump that shit because in the, the annals of television, there are not too many shows that are better than Breaking Bad. Flat it's not, out. it's not going anywhere though. I mean, if we don't, if we don't watch Breaking Bad next, then it, it, it'll be after Mad Men and Mad Men's only five seasons and it's how, how many, they keeps just saying the final episodes. How many episodes are comprising of, of this last batch of episodes? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Hey everybody! What's up? Hi, it's eleven o'clock comics episode three hundred and sixty-one, and I'm Vince B. Sorry, I was drinking. I'm David A. Price, and coming at you from the eighties, I'm Conrad Bain. Oh Lord! <laughs> it's a love boat theme. No, it is. You're not. No, it isn't. No. Dude, that's Mr. Oh, I'm some Mr. Drummond. Yeah, Mr. He was Drummond. on the love boat. Screw that. I can. Everybody right. was on the phone. He's probably on <laughs> Fantasy Island too, bro. Wow. Yeah. Oh. You are not Conrad Bain. You're Jason Wood. Woo. How y'all doing? And I'm doing fine. Just type in your intro. And you do not have to be the kiss of death for child actors to get keep. Ah, oh, I ruined it. Cheap. Mm. 
prices on your favorite funny books and collectibles, all you got to do is go on over to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your funny books damn cheap, such as From Dynamite, it's an omnibus, it's got Matt Wagner writing it, it's The Shadow Year One, cover price $29.99, what's your price, Jason, David, I've been saying it for three weeks now. Fourteen ninety nine. Fourteen ninety nine. That's 50% off. Uh, Cupid doll. From Oni Press, uh, written by Rick Spears, art by James Callahan. It's the auteur. They're going to take another uh, round of this great series. It's called Sister Bambi, and you can get the first issue for half off the cover price. $1.99. And if you haven't been paying attention, um, there is a... Well, let's call it what it is. It's a masterpiece coming out right now, and it's on the fourth issue currently. You can get the collected edition of of same for less than the price you would have paid for no for a dollar more. I'm all fucked up this week mm. for a dollar more than the price of a single issue. It's the Valiant by Jeff Lemire, Matt Kent, Paulo Rivera, and crew. It's an amazing story. Uh, blew me away and continues to do so. Can't wait to read number four. Get it for 50% off. That's nuts. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions. And you get your books cheaper than anywhere else on the planet. Did you guys see that uh, piece on Bleeding Cool? How the retailers were pissed off because uh, DCB Service had the back cover on some DC books for like three weeks in a row. And everybody's like, what? Oh, really? Because it's... Yeah, it says in the ad, get your books at 42% off and blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, nice. Awesome. If, if you can't compete, don't. That's it, baby. Cameron and Christina <laughs> you know making saying? moves, not faking moves. That is awesome. What I'm saying. I don't, I don't see ads when I read my, my books digitally. Well, it's on, yeah, it's on the back cover too. So, um, but it's, hey, it is. That's it, awesome. Competition breeds, um, in, uh, inventiveness or something. Something. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. It, I'm not going to worry you know about it. I'm not worried so, about it. We're here, bro. We're here. We're here. We're good. I'm, I'm right. doing the eyes thing with the two, the two fingers in the eye. Oh, right. So you don't see that. So it's see the right. ball. Right. Hello, ball. Oh, speaking of uh, WrestleMania, uh, Henry, my coworker, wants to, me to tell the graphic novel world he says, "Hey, hi, Henry. What's up, Henry? Right. Do we have any thank yous before we shimmy on into our drink roll call? Shimmy, y'all. Shimmy, yeah. Shimmy, yeah. I, I, I was. Tr- I, I hope I don't. I, I was thinking I did, and I didn't have anything prepared. I did receive some art today, but I'll post that on the uh, on the forum and in the uh, on the Facebook group later. But um, no, no, no official thank you. Are there webs on that art? Uh, actually, it's it's from a book that contains webs. Oh, uh, but I don't think there are any actual webs on this page. Now that I think about it, hmm. it's still a beautiful page. Oh, sucky, sucky now. Interesting. No, there's it's a massive on. inheritor on it, though. Ooh. And, nice. And, and a Captain Universe. Ooh, mm. yes. That's pretty hot. Well, to get this thing started off, I am drinking... Wow! Unabashedly... Uh, what is this? Diet Coke. You had to look at the label straight, to figure out what it was? I did. Straight out of the two-liter bottle. Because he's not used to something tasting that good because it's usually Pepsi he's drinking. Oh, so, snap. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, no, 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 no. I appreciate no. that. Go no, Diet out. Coke is nowhere near as good as Diet Coke. Oh, it's way better. 
it really is, bro. <laughs> like hell. No, bro. See, you're you're fucking no, no. all those Burger King years. It's fucking deadened your taste buds, dude. It's like you. Oh, God, we're not. We're not. This isn't. This isn't eleven o'clock pop. It's. It's just. It's eleven it's, o'clock pop. Eleven o'clock pop. It's. It's. Oh, this is rough. <laughs> I told you, bro. If this happens to be your first episode, we apologize. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, let's get a little behind the scenes. Peek, peek behind the curtain. Uh, the three of us have been uh, having a very bad week. It's, it's uh, been for, a run. It has, yeah. <laughs> Literally, for a number of reasons, none of which we want to go into. But um, let's just say we're getting beaten down a little bit on a number of fronts. And, you know, if this is a little rough, hey, it happens. Um, we'll bounce back. But we're stoked because we're going to do an entire WrestleMania 31 preview <laughs> episode. So, Oh, yeah, yeah get to sleep. <laughs> no, we're going to have Vinny sit in for you. Oh, he would love that, would. man. I think he Vinny would. sent me a fortune cookie on Facebook today. I have no idea why. <laughs> but tell him I appreciate it, Vince. <laughs> that kid, I'll tell you. Uh, what are you drinking, Jason? <laughs> uh, I uh, I am drinking water because... Uh, it has been that kind my, of way. My system is uh, in need of... Oh, that's true. Of, ...of very plain things. It's for cock. You just throw it in the toilet and cut out the middleman. Oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's like... You like a direct connection. <laughs> I love Vince. That's the waterworks. Oh, oh, yeah. oh man, I'm drinking. How something about you, David? Vince. I am. Uh, th- th- this is for Vince because I know we usually. Um, I'm. It's almost always wine for me, but tonight for Vince because I know it's been that kind of week. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, drinking some Knob Creek. <laughs> oh, you like to slob I, it? I knew it. Here, I knew he was going to say Knob. That's where the eleven o'clock comes in. So yes. Yeah. Wouldn't it be a great national ad campaign for Knob Creek though to just be just have posters say slob it? <laughs> I love how David gets to retcon his mistake. Like he's <laughs> Yeah, that's where the that's where the cock comes in. Hey, if DC and Marvel can retcon their mistakes, why can't we? I know. Marvel it's not retconning, it was planned. DC it's flat out mistake. Oh, okay. Ah. Unless, unless the flash, and you just retcon from one week to the next. We're not going to get into that this week. I think you should. No, I'm not, I'm, no I don't know if Jason caught up, so I'm just going to leave it alone. Oh, who? The Flash. Did you watch last night? No, no, I'm six okay. episodes behind. Oh, so all right, so so well then just 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 talk to just talk to Holden. He'll tell you what happened. Yeah, my my six year old broke spoiled the shit out of the last episode for me, but <laughs> lucky for his ass, he was in the hospital at the time, so he gets passed. They didn't have to go far if you. Uh, <laughs> exactly revenge on him, but yeah. Yeah. And you're not keeping up on Walking Dead, which disappoints David and myself. Well, greatly. I'm catching up on that. I'm only three episodes behind on that. Mm. So. Well, considering next week is the season cap, you better get moving. There you go. I, I might not have to go to work Monday because I'll come home from the WrestleMania party and then maybe watch the season finale of The Walking Dead. And if that happens, I will literally be the, literally be the Walking Dead at work. Literally, I'm gonna watch it live. I don't usually do that, but considering it's the uh, the finale, and you know something big is gonna go down, something uh, I know is gonna go down. Uh, I don't want other things spoiled for me, so I'm gonna watch it live. That's cool. We gonna talk about some comics here? We probably should. Yeah, considering. Right. I know. Cray. Why don't you tell me what you're reading, Jason? Uh, what I'm reading. <laughs> Wait, I was I was gonna talk tonight. All right, well let's talk about Guardians <laughs> team up number one. Oh, that cover's awesome. It's a beautiful cover. The yeah, cover is that. awesome. Oh boy, 
Wait a minute. Wait, wait. <laughs> I did, Art Adams is on that, right? Yes. Yes. And and Bendis wrote it. Yes. Yes. How could it be bad? No, it's not bad. It's not it bad. Is. But but I I will say that unfortunately, considering it's so infrequent that we get Art Adams interiors, uh, I can't help but be mildly disappointed in what we got this issue. What? Why? Have you looked at the issue? Uh, I have not. Ah, that's uh well, so the 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 first thing is that is is just a technical decision which uh he's not alone here but they've opted to uh, print the book off of his pencils. Oh no. And as an inker friend that uh, we know said to me, um as an inker, Art Adams's pencils are a dream, right? Because he's fairly tight, mm-hmm. if not super sure. tight. But in this case, I have seen Art Adams' original art that is pencil that is, su- I mean, super duper finished tight. You know, akin to like what we'd see from an Opinion now or something, where it's it's intended to be the finished product. Uh, this was not that. This, this to me looked like a guy that does relatively tight pencils, and then was going to hand it off to an inker, <laughs> and somewhere along the way they decided whether it be because of delays or just because they thought it was good enough, they went right to the printing process. And it just, um, I think it does him a disservice. I think it, uh, uh, it, it's, it, it's impossible for Art Adams art to not to look good, especially on certain panels. I mean, some panels are classic vintage Adams and, and, and make for, for all inspiring moments, but there are plenty of other components to different panels and entire pages that just look unfinished. And that's a downer because, again, um, I don't think any of us were under any illusions that we would be getting Art Adams for long on this book. But the idea that we'd be getting him at all, I thought, was going to be a spectacle, as is typical. When you hear Art Adams in a book, you think spectacle. And this wasn't a spectacle. And I'll also say that um, I think Bendis is doing a very nice job on the main Guardians book. And uh, I love the idea of a team-up because I think we're all fans of the old classic Marvel team-up and all the different... Uh, iterations of that kind of concept, but this is a sort of a strange first issue, I thought, in that it's, it's Guardians team up with the Avengers, but we really don't get much Avengers until the tail end of the book, and so, I don't know, man, I thought, I just thought it was a strange, a strange first issue. It, it, it was fine, but, uh, there were just certain artistic choices that left me cold. And and the thing that most disappoints me is the way that uh, Art drew Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Um, I, I thought he completely missed the mark on Groot in a big way. So wow. I'd agree with that. Yeah. So this is not not part of the uh, the Black Vortex. No, the the first two issues are, are standalone issues. So I'm guessing Art does the art on one and two because um, the actually I just started reading the Black Vortex event. And uh, the third issue looks like it is, um, I'm going to look right now, it is Mike Mayhew. Oh, nice. On the third issue. So, and that is, uh, I'm not sure which, ha- that's chapter six of the Black Vortex for, for Guardians team up number three. So one and two are the Avengers team up. Um, and then number three joins the, uh, the Black Vortex event. But I will, um, I will echo Jason's, um, Disappointment's a strong word. I'm not going to go there. It right, is. Right. It's not. Um, I do not know if this is what art looks like before he hands it off 
to to an anchor to to a Joe Rubenstein to 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 a Walden Wong or whoever. This this was very loose in my mind. It, it, it this wasn't too tight at all. And it's not it when 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 Jason says pencils like when when he first mentioned it on Messenger and then I went and checked the issue out. I was I was worried that it may have looked like um well like you said with Opeña or even Ron Garney on Scar or um or Weapon X that was to me that that shot from pencils where the the line work is um almost gray tones and then they just splash color on top of it this there are um whether it's paul mounts adding the black lines there are there's detail here there 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 are black outlines to the characters to 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 the buildings to the ships um but it is not it is a very loose uh almost breakdowny version of art adams which is not in in all the years I've been reading Art Adams drawn comic books, whether it's uh, any number of New Mutants or uh, Uncanny X-Men annuals or, or anything like that. This is not – you can tell it's art, especially in some of the faces like with Gamora. Um, but it, it's a uh, – it's not as as tight as as I would have expected from, from art. There are some very um, – nifty tricks like when the ship is is bouncing around through the air before it crashes um art tends to stick to the six panel grid for most of the first uh few pages but while the ship is getting bounced around the panels in on those pages are uh, are askew they're not in line with the rest of the panels and it, it definitely gives you the feel that that there's some haphazardness going on uh but yeah, he's, and, and aside from Hawkeye eating a sandwich on, on page five as, as the, uh, as the aircrafts are, are coming through New York, you really don't see any, um, any Avengers until the ships crash and, uh, and the crew shows up, um, on around page 10 or so. And it, it is, it's, it's the current Avengers, um, not time runs out Avengers. It is, it is the current Thor. It's not Odinson and it is, um, Sam as Captain America, but it is, it's, it's Hickman's Avengers you see here. There was a great exchange between Rocket and, and Spider Woman. Um, it, all the characters sound great because it's, it's Bendis writing characters that, that he's familiar with and, and we're used to. Um, it's just that, uh, some of the art may, um, it, if you are a hardcore Art Adams fan, this may seem a little lacking if, if in your collection, but, yeah, I see what you mean. I'm I'm looking at some pages yeah. now, uh, especially in the shadows. Uh, like there's one panel here where uh, Hawkeye, uh, Spider Woman, and Black Widow um, look to be coming out of the back of a ship, right. and, and um, Drax is in the foreground with with Peter, and the shadows behind Hawkeye they're just haphazardly crosshatched. Yep. Yeah. You would you would almost never see that. On and an he's got this thing going on with a lot of the women. Where he draws them with with waists that are two inches wide. I mean, it's to the point where they look deformed. Uh, yeah, I see that on Widow. Yeah. Well, if you go and, to, I don't, I don't know what page this is. It's uh, let's see, it's page eleven where the Avengers are coming off of the the carrier. If you look there, if you look at Spider Woman, Black Widow, and oh then yeah, Thor, Black Widow especially. I mean, Thor in the in the middle panel. I mean, the the women have like super corsets on, and it's just. Uh, you know, again, Adams, you, we've come to, I mean, his, his woman, his, his female figure is so iconic that, that, uh, and this isn't it. Uh, this is not the way that, that he would typically draw a woman. So just, uh, just odd, you know, and, and I guess yeah. I, I hate to do this because I, I don't know the truth behind it, but, but if I were to 
instinctively describe this, it would say to me he was rushed. Right. Which it's even more distressing considering he's on this for two issues, which means the next issue is going to be more of the same. In the, in say, for the sake of cohesion, they're not going to do, um, standard operating procedures for issue two right. and make it look different right. from and, issue two. And I will say this. Eventually collect this. The interesting layer to this discussion is if this weren't by Art Adams and this was art by Bill Smith for the first time we had never seen him, I, I probably him. would be raving about it. Right. Right. You know, I probably would be Absolutely. saying, oh, this guy's, this guy's some serious business. I, I think that just because it bucks expectations, right. it's really, it's not bad. Like if this was, at um, all. Nick Bradshaw, who, who I think is the, the, the closest Adams clone. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Doing regular, I, I would probably wouldn't have, I would have thought, okay, yes, yeah, it's Nick Bradshaw's it's good stuff. It's what you get. Yeah. He's, a, he's an Adams thin, guy. Thin, thin waste aside, everything's in the right place. It the, is. Um, it is. On, on page, Page fifteen, uh, Hyperion down there with with Drax. That that looks good. The way he drew, the, the way Hyperion shows up, I like that. Unfortunately, at the top of the page, you have Hawkeye and his his smirk, huge smirking head. But it's a um, yeah, and and the the reveal for the bit. I mean, we're not even really going into the story, but but the uh, the Guardians are being chased. Uh, you don't know who is aside from them being. Shatari, you don't know who is, you kind of have an idea. If you watched the, uh, the best movie from last year, you know who it is in the ship, but it's not a, um, it's, it's a big reveal on the last page, which is cool and all. Right. This um, is very much, uh, a, a Marvel cinema friendly issue. Yes. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Um, not a bad thing. No, no I mean, the reveal a, actually, of the, the reveal of the villain, I think, is a, is strong work. I mean, that is classic Adams. It's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that that figure is on point. So I would agree. Um, but it's a uh, yeah, no, it's 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 definitely a a Marvel ish team up where you have you know the the two teams and and there, there there's some cute moments where um uh drax mentions how you know this, this isn't the avengers i i know the avengers and and all guys like no trust us you know the roster changes enough where we're, we're the avengers and and gamora's like yeah maybe we should uh consider switching up people on on the team and uh and i'm thinking how many guardians of the galaxies have there been anyway it's not like that's that's so unusual that 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 the guardians wouldn't be comprised of different characters um over the years but it's it's a clever issue um it's it's bright it is a it's it is a good looking book it's just not a when when you think of art adams it's not popping Right, it's a, just a victim. You said it earlier, Vince. It's just a victim of high expectations. Fair or not, you know, we have expectations going into books by creators that we love, and uh, this just fell short because I guess I, I just always expect when we're going to get an Art Adams book, it's going to be something you're going to remember for a long time. I mean, we still like, talk about. I mean, every time we bring up his name, we you end up talking about, you know, whether it be the the Asgardian X Men stuff or, uh, or I knew it, right? I knew you were going to say that, yeah, yeah. Or, or Long Shot or whatever. You just you can remember these books like they came out yesterday because they're just so distinctive and so iconic. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, if it, I, we were talking about this on Messenger, I'm pretty sure when he did his run on Ultimate X-Men, they, they, they printed off of his pencils as well. And I, I was, I didn't have the time today. I meant to go back and pull out those issues and look. Um, I'm pretty sure they definitely, well, I, I'm very confident they, they were, off pencils, but what I do remember about that though is, is, is again, that was a different thing because those pencils were super tight. I mean, tighter than this, super, super tight. So, 
I don't mind this. I don't. I wouldn't want to see this. Um, the style. I hope this isn't a sign of things to come. Well, he's not the quickest right. draw in the West. So you know, if he's got to cut some corners to to get the books out, so be it. Um, I'm I'm sure that uh, they will use him sparingly, and they they know how fast he is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to launch a Guardians book with one of their big guns. I don't blame them. Sure, sure. Yeah. Now, just continuing, since I, I don't want to go off on a negative note, uh, now art that's absolutely living up to its expectations and then some by the House of Ideas is the continuing first arc of all new Captain America by Mr. Stuart Eminen on pencils with phenomenal inks by Mr. Wade Von Graal Badger. Uh, the fifth issue is out and we're wrapping up the first arc. Uh, and I have adored this, this book. I, uh, yeah. you guys know I'm a Falcon Mark, so it's not a hard sell for me per se, but I think this is Remender at his best. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just so action packed. Uh, you know, for, for those of you, now we're all huge fans of Hickman's Avengers, certainly, but yep. some people have been critical of it in that it's been a slow build and not necessarily action packed. And, and that, that if, I certainly can't say it's the most action packed book on the stands. So I would say to those of you that are into those, this type of, 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 of setting and want action, this is a book for you because it's basically been Sam, uh, and, uh, Ian, who is Steve's son, uh, from Dimension Z, uh, along with a few other, uh, supporting cast like Misty Knight, uh, just yeah. kicking ass, kicking ass and fighting. Hydra and a group of, uh, they don't call them the Masters of Evil, but, but it's a group of, 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 of ne'er-do-well supervillains. Um, and it's a pretty cool thing because the premise is not an unfamiliar trope, right? It's this idea of, uh, there's a, a, a not a virus, but there's a, 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 a weaponized, uh, biological agent that Baron Zemo is trying to distribute throughout the world. And if successful, it will sterilize a good chunk of the Earth's population, which would then allow Zemo to uh, further the perfect race, you know, the, a play on the Aryan race type of thing. Um, but what's groovy is it's the weapon is it, it where they're weaponizing it from is the blood of a young boy who is um, a sympathizer to the cause, and they have weaponized in all different ways. Uh, there's there's a there's a bomb. There are um, they, they, there's there's a, a, a swarm of fleas and ticks that fed off the blood. Um, there is a, a certain Marvel B-list vampire villain that's got that's drank his fill of the boy from his neck, the blood from his neck. So there's all these different ways they're trying to deploy the biological agent into the population. And Steve and Ian are able to thwart a number of those attempts, but uh, but it's very hard for them to stop all of them because they're all supposed to happen at once. And uh, we have one issue to go. Issue six will wrap up the arc. But uh, it's been strong, very, very strong. And uh, I, I love Sam as the Falcon. And I like that, that Remender, right in the middle of the issue, through a proxy of a essentially old white racist, um, addresses the elephant in the room, which is that why is Sam Captain America, right? I mean, it, it's it's somewhat of an of an odd thing to see a guy that's got wings and a, and a Falcon as Captain America. And while I think it's been great for all of us, 
he, he uses this character as a way to vocalize probably the fanboys out there who think it's ridiculous that he's Captain America right now. So I, I love when writers address the issues that haters per se bring up about their book that are silly, but they do it in a constructive way. And I think he did a great job with that in this, uh, I think it was the fourth issue. So, uh, huge thumbs up for me so far. And I think David, you're also a big fan of this. So. I am absolutely. I mean, I, like you love Sam Wilson. I'm, I'm a huge Falcon fan. Um, huge Eminent and Von Graubadger fan. Uh, huge Remender fan. This, this pretty much is a, um, it's almost like it's a perfect storm. It's, it's, uh, it's nice seeing Sam promoted, if you want to call it that, but it, it's, uh, it's been a very entertaining story. I am, um, I have, I have numbers four and five on the iPad. I will, um, be reading them hopefully soon. Uh, but it has been great. I, I love how we kick off with a little bit somewhat of an origin story in, in each issue. We get, we, we get one or two pages, either the first page or a double page spread where it's a, um, where it's, it's a flashback to, to Sam's younger days, whether it's him and his dad or him after, um, him and his, his siblings and, and, uh, or him as Falcon. It's just, it's, it's nice to, um, I, I like that. It's, it's a formula and it works for me. Um, and it, it, it's a beautiful looking book. And, and yeah, yeah, you're right. The, uh, the, these, it, it's fitting that he would take on, um, he would take on these adversaries right out of the gate it, it's uh i mean because it's 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 one thing to have you know the red skull or sin or, or baron zemo go after captain america but when you kind of tie in the fact that captain america is now a black man and and most of these villains have uh issues with skin color it it's just it works it's it's um it has and, been oh go ahead no i was gonna say it and, and we have to say this is the best use of the armadillo I've ever seen. I was just gonna, dude. When when I was flipping through issue four just now, I was like, "Oh snap!" I didn't know Falcon was fighting. Uh, I didn't know Captain America was fighting the thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean they make the armadillo a legit, <laughs> legit, uh, like a legitimately tough big yeah. man, uh, which is cool. And uh, and again, you guys know I'm a humongous, abnormally big fan of the Serpent Society. And, true. Uh, so it's King true. Cobra is in this issue as well, in issue four as well. So that was a big, uh, turn on for me. And, uh, and I have seen and lovingly looked at the, uh, imminent pages from this issue. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that particular one may be mine. I don't know. I have, I have to decide. Two things. Okay. Um, one, I wish they would standardize Sam's wings. Let's sit down and, and come up with a, uh, the way these wings are going to look. Mm-hmm. Because they seem to be varying across a bunch of different books. Um, Eminem draws them more organic. Whereas if you look at the variant cover to the Guardians team up, they're the old serrated type of uh, the traditional Falcon mm-hmm. wings. And they're, they're, and they're red. You know, let, let's come up with a plan to get these wings nailed down. I think there's a huge design opportunity that they're missing. I would use the serrated wings, but I would alternate red and white. You could do the whole cap red and white stripe thing that he's got in the midsection with the wings. Right. That would graphically that would be awesome. Well, for what it's worth, I mean, his wings are red in the in, in the 
this in this Captain America book as well. Right, but some of them, as you know, I'm looking through various issues here. Some of them he has uh, the uh, the old like bird like wings. Not in not in all new. It must be in a, in another book. Right, right. Uh, you know, and it's just like there there does there doesn't seem to be a plan as far as how to render his wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be nice if they just were adopted some kind of consistency, and for better or worse, just keep them one way. Well, haters across, haters going to hate and all. So no, it's not hate at all. It's just <laughs> a, I, I I I need consistency. Um, like David, he must be rubbing off. Uh, two. There are worse what, habits to get. I know, really. What did you think of the, uh, uh, well, apparent loss of one of the, uh, roster at the end of, uh, what is it, issue five? Well, I'm not there yet. Oh. Uh. Do you think that's gonna stick? Huh. Issue five? I don't know. It's, let's see what issue this is. Um. Da, da, da. Yeah, it looks like it's issue, it could be issue four or issue five. Um, well, if, if David didn't read it, I don't want to say. So, okay. um, cause I don't, I don't, I'm thinking, I don't recall anything involving the loss of, uh, of someone. So there was someone early on in the arc that was, had their throat cut that is mm-hmm. now back in the picture. No, no, no. This is a very important member of the, uh, hmm. the book, I think. You have me intrigued, sir. Okay. It must be an issue that you didn't read yet. It must be a, a spoiler. Well, I've read so, four and five, so. Okay. Huh, why don't you text me real quick? David, but I'm See? curious who you think died, who you think got whacked. Do, <laughs> I will do that. Let me, let me put it on mute. <laughs> put it on mute. Uh, or I could read it tonight yeah. and, and we can just talk about it on Messenger tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I texted you, Jason. Okay. So, um, Mr. Price, aside from the aforementioned books, what are you grooving on? Oh man, um, I am. Uh, there are a couple things I um, I seem to be going through arcs right now. I, I just um, I just read. Well, I read this last week, but we didn't get to talk about it. But there is the uh, the Daredevil Man Without Fear. <laughs> Sorry, Jason said I don't buy it. <laughs> Go well, ahead. Of course, see? So, no, the loss. I know, that's what I'm saying. I need, so I yeah. need to read these two issues when we're done tonight. Or I can read them during the show, if no one will mind. Uh, the, oh, uh, the, <laughs> if he's going to notice. Um, the, uh, so there was the Daredevil Man Without Fear miniseries uh, by Mr. Uh, Frank Miller, John Romita Jr., and wonderfully embellished by Al Williamson. Um, that, was, uh, that was a lot of fun, re- 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 revisiting that it's um <laughs> hell of a lot of fun watching Matt be put through the meat well, grinder. No, it, it's it was what, what actually happens is there there they Miller really does do his um his uh his origin in uh four panels in about the middle of the book when because all you need to how does Daredevil how does Matt Murdock become Daredevil tries to help an old man not get hit in the street the radioactive waste hits him in the face. And find and 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 he has heightened senses and you Miller does that and and Ramita and and Williamson handle it in four panels um in the second in the bottom half of one of the pages in the first issue everything else in these five issues is basically 
getting Matt from hanging out on a fire escape in Hell's Kitchen as a uh, as as a young kid to um, opening up the law offices of uh, Nelson and Murdoch, and and these five issues um, do that beautifully. This was this was a this was back when you know they weren't really writing for the trade. It, it was it was five issues, and it was I remember the. Uh, the nice cardstock covers with the was it like veneer varnish? You had the 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 spiffy like gold foil, right? It, well, no, wasn't, it, was, it, it wasn't gold, but it was it was like raised and or embossed. Oh yeah. Um, but there there was some foil, depending on on the uh, the character would how Daredevil appeared on the um, on the cover. But trade dress for each of the five issues was all the same. Um, the uh, it, it was a. Um, Matt is, you know, lives alone with his dad. Um, mom is nowhere to be found. We have no idea that back then we really didn't. I mean, we, we read Born Again, but aside from that, we didn't know boo about, um, Matt's mom. But, um, Miller doesn't draw a lot of things out. Battling Jack Murdoch is basically, uh, a has-been fighter down on his luck and he is now basically doing, um, thug work for the fixer and, and making sure, you know, uh, people are paying their taxes and, 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 uh, businesses are, um, are doing what they're supposed to be doing or else Jack's going to come around with his bat and everything else. Um, the, uh, we were introduced to stick in the first issue. Um, the, the first issue ends with a, um, kind of like a turning point in Matt's life where, um, Jack does not throw the fight that the fixer put in place because Jack was on a good run. He had about 10 or so wins, uh, in the ring. And, um, as a boxer and he was about to go for the, uh, he's about to get the belt, but thinking he could do it. Uh, fixer had made all of these matches possible and, um, and they were all thrown. Uh, everybody else that Jack was facing took a dive. So when it was time for Jack's turn to take a dive and for fixer to clean up money wise, um, with Matt in the stands, even though knowing his son can't see the match, he wasn't going to go out like that. Uh, so he doesn't throw the fight. He ends up winning, um, and paying for it after the, uh, after the arena clears out and, and Jack leaves the, uh, the place to head home. Um, he is, uh, he's, he's taken out. And the second issue, which I think was my favorite of the five, uh, we start off with Matt, having to didn't in quotes identify his father um at the morgue um but uh he quickly exacts revenge on on everybody who was involved in his father's murder um unfortunately things go awry with the very last the very last person he needs to take care of um an innocent dies in in the uh in the scuffle so um matt hightails it out of there goes back to stick to see stick and it's um stick's gone and that's because stick kind of feels that that matt has turned to the dark side and he's not uh, he's not going to be able to do stick can't use matt for what for the reason stick wanted to use matt for so um kind of washes his hands of matt and the first issue going back to that there were there's a nice 80s action montage of, 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 of Matt training and, and learning to use his abilities and, and, uh, and, and little things like that are 
expanded on um, in the story Miller is telling. But um, second issue brings us to Matt going to uh, Columbia University to study law. Um, it's where he meets Foggy. It's where he meets Electra. Um, he, uh, he he's very taken by Electra, um, who actually uh, is more or less. She's more of a daredevil than I guess Matt ever um, could be. She takes chances like speeding down the highway in, in the snow, um, zipping in and out of traffic, just uh, generally driving like I do. It's just it was a very um, very reckless lifestyle she, she she's kind of living, but she's in, very much in control. Uh, so Matt is very um, attracted to that, but. Um, you didn't have a problem with them inserting Electra this early in the in Matt's um, career, so to speak. No, I, I, I don't think I did. Um, I think I was far enough removed from you know, like Daredevil, circa one eighty, one eighty one. It was. I mean, when when we, if you go back and read Electra first showing up in Daredevil, um, I, I need to reread those issues to see if, if, um, how much of, how much Matt hints that this is someone from his past or right. someone new to him that he is, uh, he's never seen before. Um, and I don't, and, and Miller being Miller and having written those earlier daredevil issues, I don't think he'd be that uh, sloppy. I, I, I more or less, um, because she's also, even though she's, she's in the second, um, and third issue for the most part, um, before she leaves it, this wasn't, there was, there was enough of Electra because especially after her night with, with Matt, she, she walks through Times Square and, uh, and, and a bunch of dudes start following her and, and she takes them out. There were, maybe there were a couple of extra pages devoted to Electra in, in this man without fear origin story. But overall, I, I didn't have a, uh, I didn't have a problem because we didn't, know every waking thought in Matt's head. It, it, this didn't go to the point where it was a Matt Murdock Daredevil origin and his friends. Um, I, I, I would have liked to have maybe seen equal time given to Foggy, but, um, but the, the, the Electra in, insertion didn't really, uh, didn't bother me. Uh, it didn't bother me then. And, and I guess reading it now, it, um, it, because I, I was also reading it with the um, to see where they stick to the source material uh, on the Netflix show next month, and I don't know if we're going to see Electra in the first season or if if they're going to you know kind of just focus on the older Matt and maybe do flashbacks in law school or if if I, I don't know how they're approaching the first season of Daredevil, so I don't know if we're going to see Electra and and if we do, if they'll try to follow. Um, the, the the time from from college but it's um i was okay with it you, yeah you, I, me too i did it didn't bother me at all okay. for the same reasons too because miller wasn't really specific as to when uh she pops up in 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 the in the ongoing daredevil like as you say he he shrouded it in a little bit of mystery like matt could have known her maybe he did you know what i mean so uh she seemed more like a ghost and than a- Miller's Daredevil is also it tends to be secretive. He doesn't he's not very right. um 
forthcoming with a lot of information. He, he keeps things, a lot of things close and, and, uh, you know, so if Favi were to pester him or pressure him into giving up information on Electra, um, I mean, I could see that maybe being a little, um, cause for concern if, if Foggy doesn't recognize Electra in the ongoing Daredevil. And obviously they right. went, to, because she, she left the dorm room and, and, um, Foggy was kind of locked outside. And when he gets, when she leaves the room, you know, he, um, he doesn't confront Matt, but he's, he's like, you know, so what went on? And, and, and they have a cute little chuckle about it. So Foggy does know, or Foggy should know Electra from, um, from Columbia. Um, the, the fourth and fifth issue, we, um, kind of, a back to back story. There's no real time jump between two issues because in, in the, um, the fourth, the end of the third issue and the beginning of the fourth issue is, um, all about the Kingpin. Kingpin appears, um, and we, uh, cause we've got to make sure that, you know, we want you to really, really picture and pretend that 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 kingpin is is a daredevil rogue above all else but here's here's kingpin showing up um basically really asserting himself and and uh is is truly where the buck stops when it comes to um dirty money and and crime in new york um we uh were introduced to larks who kind of it, did freak me out a bit when I, when I read it the first time around and, and who this, you know, dude who didn't speak too much was just kind of hanging around Kingpin and, and cause now you would expect that role to be played by Daredevil and uh, not uh, by Bullseye. And, um, but this was just somebody that they created for this, this mini series. And, um, he does the, uh, he does Wilson's dirty work. Um, Kingpin loves porn because he knows it's where money comes from, and and uh, yeah, he's got, you know he's got to make sure that you know that uh, that 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 everything involved in that is in place. Um, when the porn must flow. <laughs> must flow, and and uh, mm-hmm. Matt is actually post Columbia. He is working at a law firm in Boston, and uh, he does not want to go back to New York. Doesn't doesn't want to go to the city. Hates the city. Uh, wants nothing to do with New York City, but. Um, the bosses demand he go there to take care of something. So he goes, he, he walks, ends up walking down the old neighborhood. Um, also gets confronted by a, uh, by a gang who, and, and, and seriously, what kind of people pick on a blind dude? I just, I don't, I don't understand why you would. Coward. I just, it's like, it, it baffles me. You know, you got these street toughs and they're just like, yeah, let's pick on the blind dude. And, and, um, you know, that doesn't bode well for them, but, um, Matt ends up going back to the old gym that he used to, uh, vent his frustrations out at. And, uh, there's, there's a young girl there. Her name is Mickey. She's, um, she's kind of just living there. Uh, she's, she's kind of run away from home. Um, but she gets taken. And, uh, and again, there's Kingpin. Kingpin's porn is involved in this. Uh, so Matt is trying to, uh, Matt, Matt goes to save the day. Um, and, uh, fifth issue, he, uh, he, he works on rescuing Mickey and a bunch of other kids who were also taken. Um, the, uh, there's a showdown between Matt and Larks. Um, it, uh, and, and we end with, with another appearance of stick and whether or not, and there's a coin flip with, um, 
wherever, you know, heads, it's Murdoch and Nelson, tails, it's, uh, Nelson and Murdoch, and, and I'm thinking Grace Fogg is just gonna take advantage of his blind friend, but, uh, the coin flip gets away from Foggy, ends up in, um, stick, catches it, lets them know, um, where the coin landed, and, uh, and leaves. So, so Matt kinda has that, uh, has not a chill going down the spine, but there's, there's the other, there's another appearance by stick and, uh, it's, we end with the great shot of, uh, somewhat of the costume changes as he's, as he's bouncing around the, the rooftops. But this was a fantastic, it is, it's one of my, it, it's not better than born again, but it is one of my favorite, um, daredevil stories because it does, it doesn't draw out the, the origin story as much as this review did. It, it doesn't really, um, it, it doesn't pad it so much that, you know, they, oh, we're just going to try to tell you things that, you know, you may have missed or between the panels. It really did a great job of, of getting you from, uh, Matt as a young boy to, uh, to becoming Daredevil. And, and it, it hit on just the right things to, to move it, move the story along and, and give you an idea as, as to what makes Daredevil tick. And, um, as I'm reading the Wade, and Somni Daredevil, um, it's there. It is the same character, but it's it's uh, because it's Wade and Somni. It's it's not he's not so rough around the edges or, or not as um, not as gruff. But it 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 is the same character. And um, Daredevil's just one of those guys who not everybody can really. He's not polarizing, but you know, you, you'll hear some people who are like, oh, it's Daredevil and they'll shrug. But you know, there's. Because, because the dude never ever learns from his no, mistakes. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely true. right. Dude I, is a, yeah. And he is, he's so, it's like, oh, you know, way to, way to bring the room down, Matt. It, he really is not a, a happy dude. I don't care what else is going on in his life. He just, he, he cannot, he is, he's a mopey fuck. And, and it's, it's <laughs> a. It, it's true. It's very true, and you push that kind of energy out. That's what you. I know I sound yeah, like I you know, the, new, the, the 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 new age guru, but it's serious. I'm, I, he he is his own worst enemy. Yeah. He right. he he has inflicted more damage on himself than the kingpin Absolutely. ever. You're did. right. You're right. Yeah. But there are just some. Uh, Miller is is a writer where you know he he owns the character. There there aren't too many people who would make me want to. Um, you know, read, you know, see me, see, see them put Matt or Daredevil through such a ringer and, and have him ground down to nothing. But Miller just makes it so that you, you keep flipping the page and you want to see where he's taking the character. And, and it's, it's, um, it, it's, we know that there are some creators who, who work really well with certain characters, but, but Miller, when it comes to Daredevil, they're, they're nobody has the hold on the character that Miller has. It's true. And this is uh, man without fear is the template for the, the new series, right? There are some, I mean, stick is in it. They, all, all the promo images and, and trailers you see with, uh, cause you don't see the red or the yellow and red. You don't see a daredevil costume, but you do see the, um, the, black, the image right. with the black, yeah, with, with, with the, uh, just, just black jumpsuit with the, with the bandana around his head and his eyes and, and, it's, and so, so they are using that from this. I don't. Well, it, it makes sense, right? I mean, everything they need is in these five issues. Yeah, absolutely. They could have done it 
right and went with tree of knowledge because that's the best. Oh lord! Oh lord! I I love to to tweet. No, it, it, it was a very because you couldn't really do Born Again, even, even though yet, Born Again is right. Even though Born Again is the pinnacle, it would take too much, I think, of a of a time to develop that story. Whereas Man Without Fear, that's, it's that, all, that's, it's all right it there. It's absolutely all right here. This is this is what you need, and and Born Again is is during the last season of the series if they ever end it. You know that that's not you don't need to do because it the series would end with Matt and, and Karen walking down the street like that. So you don't, you don't need that right now. Let, let them go out on a bang, but no, it, it, to, for the first few episodes, if, if not the first season, everything is in these five issues. Yeah. Great stuff. You know, um, I have to say, yes, he probably learned it from his daddy, who was one of the greatest comic book artists of all time. But, uh, I believe that Junior's Kingpin is almost the best Kingpin ever visualized. Obviously, I give it to his father for the best Kingpin, but Junior's Kingpin is awesome. It is. You're right. Yeah. It's, he took what daddy gave him and he made it just a little bit different. Uh, Junior's Kingpin's massive. He, he scuffed him up a little bit, made him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Took away. A little bit of the, uh, the fat, the, 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 the well, he, he doesn't, he, he's more imposing on Junior's hands. I think. Oh, seriously. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I, I picture the Mass Kelly version when, when he's working out and, and, um, all the, uh, the assassins are, are attacking him in the sauna and, and he's just, he's standing there. And I mean, that's, he looks taller and, and not as wide. When, when Junior draws him, but no, the, the, the kingpin here, even though he's just, I, when we first meet him in the third issue, he's snapping a dude's neck. That's scary enough, but then he really doesn't get up from behind the desk when we see him throughout the rest of the issues. And, and even then he just, he still looks intimidating as hell and not somebody you want to cross. Right. Uh, senior, I think missed his calling and we're all the better for it, but had, uh, Ramita Sr. gone into romance comics, I, I seriously think he would be regarded as the greatest, uh, romance artist ever. He, his, his style is tailor made for that. He, beautiful women, extremely handsome men, but I think the difference between his kingpin and his sons is R- Sr.'s line was much clearer. Sculpted line, beautiful proportions. Yeah. He was, even though he was a big fat slob, Senior's kingpin was still a handsome man, and he was put together well. He, he wasn't right. wasn't sloppy, but Junior's is just an imposing thug. I mean, he is just deadly, and 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 gritty too yeah. because he didn't have the finesse that his that his dad did. But unbelievable, both of them. It's two sides of the same perfect coin. Yeah. You know, of all the um, of all the things that we know about the Netflix series, uh. I think Vincent D'Onofrio is an excellent actor. Oh yeah. Um, so I think I'll buy into him as being the kingpin, but admittedly it is a little strange to me because he's not like massive. Right. right. But then again, maybe that's the kind of thing they're going for on these Netflix shows is a little more realistic. Realistic. Yeah. 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 So 
Well, if you ever found a guy that could fit the proportions, chances are really good he couldn't act. Like Michael Clark Duncan. See now, and I—that's I, what I was waiting for. And I have—I have no problem with with that portrayal, except that it just wasn't really Kingpin. It just—it it wasn't that that he could have played anybody else in the Marvel universe. I just wasn't. I'm not saying I'm not buying like Kingpin because he's black. But it yeah, was it just, doesn't it matter. doesn't, but he just, he didn't, he didn't have the, um, his, uh, it's cause I'm racist, but it, he didn't have, you know, just the way he came across, the way he, uh, the way he carried himself, the way he, his presence didn't command what I would expect Wilson Fisk to, to command when walking into a room. I didn't, I didn't right, get the sense. Tell, tell us why Idris Elba can't be Heimdall. Come on. He can be. <sighs> now, I, you know what? I, I, I like the fact of a, a black kingpin more than a white kingpin because it makes him even more imposing uh-huh. because he he has risen above right. all, all the racial bullshit that keeps sure sure the the, the people down and he's you know he he, could be he, he he could be <laughs> no but but making him black you know what I mean I, not only did I come up from nothing but all this racial prejudice and all this bullshit I, I beat all that yep, too yep, mm-hmm. yep. I just so I, that, I didn't I, his performance I found was lacking not not to say that you know I mean the whole the fact that we had fucking bullseye carved the target in his forehead I just there were just so many things about that movie that were just uh, that, that were awkward and just yeah. not good. I agree, David. Oh my God. I know. I'm agreeing with you a lot. That's scary. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what you been reading? Oh, I read some classics for this week. Yeah, you did. Veritable classics. Um, from 1980 and 1981. And just so Jason, uh, doesn't nod off on me, there are ties <laughs> to, to the X-Men. <laughs> In the, in the, first of all, books. I know what you read, wise ass, and I've read all the two, and it's fucking good. <laughs> it's so easy. Uh, I have read Cerebus. Ish. Yeah. Come out. Ish. No, see, that, that, that would be the latter days and, and the last day. You would definitely fall asleep during that, but. Yeah, I've never, I've, I got about halfway and then tapped out. I have a theory about that. Maybe I'll get to it later. Um, Cerebus 23 to 25, uh, written and illustrated by the great Dave Sim. This is pre, uh, Gerhard days. So it's all the maestro there. There, the backgrounds are different, but just as good. Um, 23 is called the beguiling that was published in December, 1980. 24 is uh swamp sounds, January, 1981. And 25 is called this woman, this thing. From March 1981. Um, but three issues, but they're all part of the same arc. And I'm willing to bet that these three issues had some influence in the naming of the famous Toronto comic shop, The Beguiling, which was founded in 1987. I bet my life on it. But, uh, these, this three issue arc, uh, was instigated in part by Dave Sims' friendship with the late great Gene Day. Uh, they were they were friends, uh, but it was kind of a, an odd pairing because Gene Day, in addition to being a fantastic comic book artist, was also a huge fanboy. And his house was like 
littered with comics and collectibles and toys and movie memorabilia, all stuff that Dave Sim has no interest in. Uh, he, they, uh, Gene Day would go to cons that, you know, he was signing at and he would always make a point to peruse the dealer's room looking for, well, basically many things. And Dave Sim's not wired like that. He, he just really has no time for it. And, um, in one of the intros for the Swords of Cerebus volumes, Sim called Gene a, jo- a genre junkie. Uh, he loved the cinema especially the films of Clint Eastwood. And uh, Sim recalls on how Day would go on and on and on about Clint Eastwood movies, uh, like waxing poetic on, on the trajectory of the bullets or or how this one grenade launcher looked just like Jack Kirby would drew it and, and, and so on. So, uh, But it turns out the only Clint Eastwood film that Gene Day did not appreciate was The Beguiling. And wouldn't you know, Dave Sim absolutely adores the movie. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's the story of a, a wounded Civil War soldier and uh, the sanctuary he finds at a private girls' school, which just so happens to be smack dab in the middle of enemy territory. So Dave Sims set up these three issues of Cerebus with the beguiling in mind. And the, it's basically the same thing. Cerebus leaves Bedouin wounded. He's got this nasty divot on his knee uh, that he pretty much, like many things, brought upon himself. And he's like trudging through this this near inhospitable winter climate of lower felda. The wind is blowing. He's Cerebus is a short little dude. And and he's like <laughs> trudging through the snow and the, the wound gets infected. So he gets, you know, weak and delirious and he can barely stand and he comes upon this estate in the middle of nowhere and and he just collapses uh lucky for him the place uh is madame dufort's school for girls which is currently experiencing a lean period there are only 3 students in, in the whole school uh teresa katrina and jeanette and get this at the time dave sim was married i know shocker to a woman named uh denny lubert and her middle names are Jeanette and Catherine, and Denny's sister's middle name is Teresa, her middle name. So it, Sim pulled everything from that relationship that was going on at the time, the same relationship that I believe pretty much fucked him up for life, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so Madame Dufort agrees to grant Cerebus sanctuary and medical attention for a, a, a mere donation and it all seems to be going Cerebus's way until there's a knock at the door. And it's a separate soldier. And so you're thinking like a soldier in a girl's uh, school? Absolutely not. And Madame Dufort tries to get the man to, to go on his way, but he's not hearing of it. Uh, he presses on and becomes more belligerent. And uh, Cerebus gets out of bed. And he's delirious and he's sweating. And he grabs like a water pitcher thinking he's going to actually be effectual. And he f- he basically almost faints. But one of the girls plugs the soldier with a crossbow bolt. So these are not little frail wallflowers. These girls can handle themselves. Uh, but he tells Madame Dufort, this could possibly be trouble. Uh, because um, Lower Felda... 
which is the area in which uh, Cerebus is, is in, has signed an agreement with the separate empire in hopes of crushing the Cyrenist government of Upperfelda. And Cerebus says, you know what? I I know these people. I'm telling you, the separate forces are going to number at least, and this is a conservative estimate, 16,000. So the shit is going to hit the fan if we don't do something about this. Um, and for those who haven't read Cerebus, Dave Sim took great pleasure in uh, making the separate soldiers sound like uh, good fellas. Oh, shit. <laughs> the separate soldier knocks on the door and he goes, I'm a welcome me to your country. I'm a need and a place to stay. It's like Mario knocked on the door. <laughs> But See, and, uh, and not to interrupt you, but, but when he does that, it's hilarious and it works. Whereas when uh, Brian Wood did it in Northlanders, I was ready to punch him in the face. Right. But there's a, see, I think <laughs> the, the big face. difference was the, the reason why it works. Well, two reasons why it works. Dave Sim has an uncanny knack for translating things phonetically. Just like the dialogue. I'm a coming to your country. Like he can, he can move letters around to where you're hearing these words the way they would have been spoken in your head simply by reading them. And I think number two, the reason why it's so strong is the lettering. Sim is a master at lettering. Um, the, he'll, he'll increase the point size of the letters based on inflection. Uh, or tone or decrease them like for a whisper. And it, it, it seems simple to say, but when you see it on the page, there's a flow to it. Just like someone speaking there, there's a, he, he, he's great at pausing too. He'll stick an ellipsis, boom, right in the middle of the, of the sentence. And you're just, you, you hear it in your head as you read That's it. I think he's, really. no, I think he's a master, a master of lettering and, and, and lettering and, and dialogue. But anyway, so those soldiers that were supposed to come never did. Why? Because uh, the seasons changed. Cerebus is in this this girl's school so long that the the seasons changed, and what was now basically frozen ground has thawed, and the, re- the region has become impassable. It's a swampland now, which reduces the number of these wayward soldiers to zero. So there's a problem eliminated. Um, and, and, but where there's swampland, there are things sloshing around in the muck, right? Uh, and it just so happens that the earth pig hears something moving around in the swamp. On a number of occasions, Cerebus hears this very loud sloshing of something really big outside the school, like, and it's, it's almost unbearable. And, and he tells Dufort, he's like, we got to protect your girls. There's something out there. And, and so she kind of like blows it off. Um, but long story short, Madame Dufort is not a madam at all. She's a dude. Yes. One Professor Charles X. Claremont. <laughs> <laughs> An alchemist and a magician who's using the energies of the girls as a focal point to summon his apocalypse beast. And... And this is pretty much when Dave Sim won me over back in the day. Uh, the apocalypse beast is called the woman thing. It's basically Marvel's man thing with giant swamp titties. <laughs> and, and one of the, the things Dave uh, Sim talks about in the Swords of Cerebus introduction to this story is that he noticed that around the time 
Marvel was transforming all their popular male characters into female characters. You had Spider-Woman and She-Hulk, and he says that was basically to lock down copyrights should anyone see that, hey, this Spider-Man character's raking in a lot of dough. Let's do a Spider-Woman character. So Marvel did these female versions to basically uh, forestall all that kind of uh, shenanigans. Um, so in, in a cool twist on the Man-Thing mythology, you know, you know the drill. Uh, whosoever knows fear burns at the touch of the Man-Thing, right? Well, in in Dave Sims' world, the fear part is malleable. Whoever summons the woman thing gets to pick what causes people to burn at the touch of the of the the woman thing. It's a placeholder now. You could pick happiness, and all the people who encounter all the happy people that encounter the woman thing would burn. You could say poverty. All the poor people would burn. Unemployment. You know what I mean? So uh Claremont plans to use the woman thing to kill as many people as he possibly can. Not a nice dude. Um, and he, he, he tries to take a castle fitting uh, for someone of his magnitude. But it turns out the owner is nonplussed by the woman thing. Why? Because he's got an apocalypse beast of his own. It's, well, we're not just going to parody Marvel. We're going to parody, parody DC here, too. It's the sump thing. It's basically Bernie Wrightson's swamp thing. Uh, and what happens when two swamp creatures of opposite genders get together? <laughs> Lord. They start fucking. <laughs> this storyline is amazing because um, it, it showcases another one of Dave Sims' great strengths, and that's parody. He was smart enough to, from what he says plan out Cerebus's entire 300 issues, but he left pl- plenty of room f- to inject parody into it. He did it with the, the roach. He had the Wolver roach, and uh, you know, there was a Captain America roach, there was a Punisher roach, there was a Sandman, a Morpheus roach. So he did uh, Mick and Keith from the Rolling Stones. He, he made these little compartmentalized parody um, instances, but he made it work for him. Like Lord Julius is basically Groucho Marx, right? right. And uh, turns out one of the girls in the uh, the school is Lord Julius's niece, and it's pretty funny. Uh, there's a there's a commentary on um, tall tales and 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 how propaganda weeds its way through the population. Like Cerebus has been around the block; he knows these people. And when when one of the girls mentions that Lord Julius, she's related to him, he doesn't spill the beans, but he just listens to them as they go on and on, retelling these tall tales of the heroic Lord Julius and and the the mighty Elrond. And it couldn't be farther from the truth, but it it just like goes to show you how how the um, the 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 truth kind of dilutes farther from the the center of the, of the action as it spreads into the the fringes it gets transformed basically by by word of mouth but um this is the storyline that prompted Chris Claremont to fire back at Dave Sim Shots with a fired. Par- yeah with a parody of his own in the pages of uncanny x-men and you both know what that is right it's the giant purple oh from inferno uh, yeah, right, right, okay. Yeah, right, right. Yes, yes, the, the, so, yeah. 
he created Sim, which, uh, actually S apostrophe YM, yeah. which was basically a giant purple vest wearing aardvark. Yes. Yeah, so that was, you know, created. And there was all kind of bad blood between Marvel and, and Dave Sim around this time because Sim did the well, Wolverine. What did just say? So when did Wolverine show up? Um, around this, this period. And uh, the thing that was pissed off, you know, Marvel and Jim Shooter was that he didn't just parody Wolverine. He used them, used the character on three consecutive covers. <laughs> right. So they sent him a cease and desist, like, you know, and, and Sim, uh, uh, Jim Shooter eventually apologized to Dave Sim, but he's just like, you know, dude, you used him on three covers. Like, what were we supposed to do? Right. Um, but, uh, visually, man, these issues are amazing and they basically happen with the issue. The third part is, is the, the location changes, but they basically take place inside the school and it's dark. So, so you have a three act play where two plus of the acts are just basically in one room and David Sim, he pulls it off and it, it, the, he uses shadows. He, speaking of um, Daredevil, uh, he uses the slats in the walls of the school very much like Frank Miller used the blinds in, in the Daredevil run. Um, it, it just, it's amazing. And you would think, all right, we got a story that's has one location an interior location, this thing has to be boring as hell. But it's not. It's It couldn't be farther from the truth. The dialogue is amazing, and it's it's basically people talking to each other. And Sim, that's one of Sim's, uh, another one of Sim's uh, strong points is he knows how to write damn dialogue. And Cerebus is one of the most real characters in comics, disregarding the ending of the series. But... um this is a very sweet spot for Cerebus. If you're going to read Cerebus, in the the mid-20s is where you want to start because uh, 26 is the lead into high society, which was the lead into church and state, right. which lasted for, um, what, 50-some issues? And high society is like 20-some issues. So there's a 100 issues that's widely regarded as pretty much the pinnacle of, of Dave Sims' Cerebus. It's just some amazing, amazing stuff. We should have a, a book of the month club where we actually go through the entire run of Cerebus. I will, I'll, I will listen to that <laughs> on my iPod like a boss. I read the first couple issues. I need to get back to it. I, I, I do want to finish this, this, this title. Yeah. And, and this is also the period where Dave Sim, nailed down the design of Cerebus. In the first like twenty some issues, Cerebus is kind of rubbery. He there there's there's a there's a definite shape to his 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 body and his and his head, but Sim was still kind of feeling him out and he was more along the lines of cartoon physics. Like when Cerebus would get excited his body would would elongate and stretch. And uh he abandoned that after a while to his favor because once he got that design down i mean damn this the book just sparkles and his rendering he was a barry windsor smith clone early on and he kind of abandoned that somewhere in the 20s um he found his own style which is you know it's like dave sim says you have two thousand bad pages in you before you get to the the good stuff yeah 
I, I believe that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I'm way behind. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, and as far as the latter day and the last day, I, I think that could be Sims commentary on religion and, 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 um, just trying to live a, a pious life and all the pitfalls and the trials and the, I mean, you have to go through hell before you're redeemed. Right. And the last two volumes of Cerebus are literally hell to read. They are almost impossible to get through. So it, it could be a metaphor that could be Sim speaking metaphorically like, yeah, I'm going to put you through hell before you get to that last page of right. issue 300, right. that thing you've been, you've been striving for for the past X amount of years. I mean, that's a big haul. 300 issues is a, a feet and a half. And to get there, I mean, it, it, it broke him. And I guess if in, in, uh, in terms of, uh, the soul, it should break you to get to be redeemed. So maybe he was saying that. I don't know. It wasn't, um, I mean, aside from being married to the man, wasn't, wasn't Denny also the, the publisher or editor in chief yeah. of Aardvark? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. It's on the inside of this, uh, so it's not like he was just married to this woman and, and she, you know, no, turned his no, life she upside was, down. they were business partners. Yeah. She was the publisher. Okay. Yep. And I read these three issues in the Cerebus bi-weekly format. I'm not going to pull out my originals and read those. So I've read the reprints, which Sim went all out. I mean, yeah, he, he, he included the original note from the publisher. He included the intros to the Swords of Cerebus. He even included the letters pages, yep. which was a great deal back then for a buck and a half. And um, I think, you know, diehard fans of the book were grateful when he republished, I believe it was issue 21. Or the one with the Captain America roach. The the print run on that wasn't super high. It was Cerebus was still gaining popularity. And one of the things that he would encounter at conventions all the time is like, when are you going to reprint 21? And he's like, well, I don't know. And he eventually did. So everybody was happy. Aww. Many times, many times over he reprinted it. But it's really cool because it's not the last time you see this, the something or the the – the the woman thing because they eventually pop up much later in the series and they're almost elevated to godlike status. They think they show up in Mind Game uh three around there. Um and it's just wow. By then Sim is a um, uh, he's a virtuoso with the with the pen. Just amazing. So yep, Cerebus. One of my all time favorite series. Yeah, it's Too been bad. a long time since we talked about Cerebus. Yeah. Too bad it, it shit the bed. <laughs> but what are you gonna do? I like Seinfeld and Friends and and oh, that last Seinfeld episode was horrible. Yeah, you know, that so, does make yeah. for an interesting conversation. Not that we prepared for it, but but comic runs that that ended went on far too long. No, just just that ended poorly or or not not in line with what you would have thought of overall of the series. Uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Burns Fantastic Four run. Mm. Let's kill Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I would have to think about that. Bendis is Avengers. Oh yeah. I agree. Yeah. Because I, I I know people got really tired of it, but but I I thought it was quite good for a long time. I just think that once Titans he got once he fell in love with Norman Osborn, <laughs> it just became. Tedious. Yeah, you're right. 
he did fall in love with Osborne. That was crazy. That that went on far too long. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. We know you're an asshole. I, I presume none of us have seen the Power Show since it's only on PlayStation Network. I Correct. haven't seen it. Yeah, no, I I've heard it's absolutely horrific, but I, <laughs> really, I don't want to speak to it because I haven't seen it. So, right. I think the first episode's on YouTube. I don't know if it's still I, oh, on YouTube. Okay. I was going to say I looked for it on the iTunes store and I didn't see it there. But no, I don't think you see it. Let's, yeah. Mm. Well, that's disheartening. It is. I had really no plans to watch it anyway. Yeah, I mean that's right. That's the thing. Is it that disheartening? <laughs> no, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, what do you think about things that can be disheartening? Yeah. Jason always always puts things into perspective. <laughs> yeah, episode one is available on YouTube. Oh, there you go. You can watch it now, Vince. Are you guys? Oh, oh, go ahead. I have another uh, series that did not end well. Yeah. Alpha Flight. True. That that petered out big and, time. And Excalibur, for that matter. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. I like 125 a lot. The wedding issue is great. And I think Warren Ellis. Well, is dude, Excalibur went on for fucking a lot more issues than 25. <laughs> No, 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 no! I said one twenty-five. Oh, 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 oh! One. I'm sorry, you were fading it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, was that when North Star came out? Or was that one eighteen? No, I don't think so. One twenty-five is the wedding between um, Brian and, Brian and Megan. And yeah. Megan. Oh. Huh. Yeah. That, I mean, Alibur, I'm sorry. I was still thinking about Alpha Flight. Yeah, Alpha Flight was not a good look towards the end. True. But that ha- that happened to a lot of those um, series. The, a lot of the lo- ongoing long Marvel series, they all just petered out and then they got the bright idea, hey, let's renumber. Let's start all over. Right, right. Yeah. It, not amazing, though. Amazing was always amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else you got, Jason? Well, just like wigwams and Izod shirts, uh, it, it does, comics do prove that you can take just about any idea and turn it into something later on. I mean, look, we just got done Spider-Verse, and it basically resurrected the whole Spider-Totem concept, which was anathema to almost all Spider-Man readers for a long time. It was, but I, I don't think it's such a bad thing. Well, you well, you it, never it, really it, disliked it, it, but I mean, just in terms of consensus, many people needs, viewed that right. as a, a creative low in the modern era for Spider-Man. It, it needs yeah. to be in the right hands. It, it needs to be done by somebody who is who respects the work. You can't just... I'm going to write this and it, no, it, it needs to be done well. Anything could be done. It just needs to be done well. Yeah. My, my critical faculties when confronted with amazing Spider-Man are reduced to zero. <laughs> it's, it's the strangest thing. I love the clone saga. I think it's great beginning to end. I don't care how long it could win on another year. I wouldn't care. I, I love it. I, I don't know what it is when, when you put that character Peter Parker in in his world, I I I cannot assess whether it's good or bad. It's good. It's real good. I I I, I have never read an issue of Amazing that I didn't like. Real? Even even the even the since past, I was like, okay, whatever. This is Spider Man. It's got to be good. I like I said. Do, that, that's why I cannot assess um, an ama- an issue of Amazing Spider Man. It's not possible. It's just Spider-Man, so therefore it, it is good. It must be good, yes. <laughs> it's stupid, right? But that's just how I see it. I mean, I think even Jason would tell you if there are any bad Deadpool issues. 
Oh, sure. Oh, there was more bad, de- bad Deadpool <laughs> issues than good ones. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Here's the thing. I, 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 it's, it's funny you mentioned Deadpool. I was thinking about this the other day, randomly. Um, for as much as I may be identified by, uh, you guys and our fans as a, as a diehard Deadpool fan, I, you haven't heard me talk about Deadpool much in the seven oh. years we've been doing this show. Um, I read it pretty consistently and I certainly buy all the time, any issue he's ever, he ever appears in. But I would say that for the most part, he's a character that is, um, wholly avoidable more than not. I I think it's, 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 um, it's less common that, that there'll be an arc or two where it's really fun to read him. And and then it kind of goes back into being, what it generally is, which is not all that entertaining in my opinion. So, so mm. I, I love the character, but I, I think the character is done wrong more than right. Um, yeah. So granted, I don't, I do not have the experience you have with Deadpool. I, I mean, I've read the character, but not to the extent you have, but he, he is a my, much better ensemble, uh, character. Oh, right, right. In my opinion, the master stroke for Deadpool. Uncanny X-Force. No, oh. was, was, uh, Headpool. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And see, that's my take on the character. I, I don't have the reverence for him like you do. I mean, he's not Peter Parker. He's friggin' Deadpool. You know, I mean, well, he's fine, but. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, and I think because he's a comedic character, that's why you get the wider, the wider array of, of both his characterization and what people like or dislike, because I think that's true of comedy, right? I, I think there's a far greater range of things that someone will find funny that others may think isn't funny at all. And right. flip side, you may, someone may, you know, and, and, and that same person that dislikes one thing may find another thing hilarious and, and you might think it's terrible. So, so I think comedy just is a much more personal thing. And so when mm-hmm. a writer's writing comedy, I, I think there's going to just have a, 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 a lot more hits and misses. Uh, w- whereas I think well done drama or action is, is a little more, uh, accessible on a, on a, on a, a broader scale. So, so I just think because Deadpool is written generally as a, as a comedic character, um, like for me, I mean, again, I, I, I genuinely, I think that Joe, the Joe Kelly run is the run, but, but, but I, I don't, I've never, uh, I've never questioned people that, that don't like that, that run, I, I, because it, it's, it, it's a very distinct type of comedy. He's breaking the fourth wall. It's a lot of sight gags. It's a lot of in your face, uh, shtick and, and, and that, I could see that not appealing to a bunch of people. Um, and the other thing too is I think writers have a, a Deadpool story in them every now and then, but I don't think many have a great arc for him, right? And, and, um, you know, Posehn and Duggan got a lot of praise once they started with this, this latest, this current run of Deadpool. Uh, that first arc with the dead presidents and stuff was, was widely appreciated by a lot of people that don't generally like Deadpool. You heard a lot of people saying, oh, you know, I don't really like Deadpool, but that was a good, good stuff. And you notice you haven't heard many people talk about their work of late. And, and I, I think they just put out the seventh trade of their work. So they're on a pretty hefty run here. They've been at it for a while. And, and I have to be honest, I, I don't, I, I've tired of, of their run. And, and it's in no way a condemnation of the quality of their, of their work. They're excellent writers. It's just that I feel like they've told their stories. And now it's a little bit more, like I, 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 I get their version of Deadpool. It was fun in the right setting, but now I'm ready for a different interpretation. So, yeah, he's he's not a character. I, I he's a personal favorite, but but in the same way that Excalibur and Alpha Flight and 
uh, and you know things like New Warriors are personal favorites. I, I, it's as much about the timing of when we were reading comics and and that they felt a little personal or special because they were generational to us. So I, you know, I I, I never am going to fight someone about whether or not Deadpool's a great character. Whereas I genuinely don't understand when someone says something like, I just don't like Wolverine. I, I get that you might find him overexposed or that, but, but I, I, I think as a character, it's hard for me not to understand how you wouldn't think he's a cool character. Um, you know, so he doesn't have a, a head, a zombie head. You gotta love Headpool, dude. How could you not? Uh, it's, yeah, the, I, yeah, the, I don't, the concept is brilliant. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a fan of the Headpool, Dogpool, Lady Deadpool stuff. That wasn't <laughs> my thing. I, I really wasn't yeah. into that. I like that a lot. So if you had, say you suddenly, uh, are, are in charge of, uh, the, the Marvel bullpen, who would be your, your pick for an ongoing Deadpool? Would it be Joe Casey or Joe Kelly? Uh, well sure, but I mean that's under the premise, can you go home again? Um so, sure, I mean because I think he did the best of it, but, uh, but in terms of guys that are, that haven't done it, but, but I'd be interested in, I would love I think that uh, Brandon Graham would do a killer Deadpool. Oh, sure. I, th- I would yes. love to see him. Again, in perfect world, I'd love to see Brandon Graham write and draw Deadpool. That would be awesome. Because he loves play on words. He loves sight gags. Uh, his his creator-owned work is just filled with that stuff. And, and it that lends itself to me perfectly for Deadpool. But again, to be honest with you, I think Deadpool is generally at his best when he's part of an ensemble group. Uh, and I think of the last... Five to seven years, the best Deadpool has been has been in the pages of Remenders on Kenny X Force. Right. Yeah. So I think you're. I think you're right. Yep. So, uh, what's with the whole upcoming death? Are they really going to do it? They're going to put that character on ice for a while, or what? I presume, right? I don't know. Well, it remains to be seen. How long do you think Wolverine's going to be out of the spotlight? I don't. I don't expect it to last too much longer. Well, everyone's saying we're going to get a different. Well, I mean, the 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 non-spoiler uh, supposition is that we're going to get a Wolverine from another one of the planets, right? Post Secret Wars. Yeah, as well. We should. Why not? I'm fine with it as long as again he's not too different than the Wolverine that we've already that we had. Otherwise, I wouldn't view him as Wolverine. I just view him as another analog. Like for for example, I, I if you're going to give me a Wolverine from some planet wherever that. Uh, and he's maybe younger than our Wolverine or something. Okay, that's fine. But if you're going to give me the blonde hipster Wolverine from Ultimate X-Men, nah, son. Uh, I, I have no interest in that at all. Zero. Like, absolutely zero interest. I'd just rather have Sabretooth stay inverted. You know, so. What if it's the Wolverine? What if the Wolverine that was on the blue area of the moon when, when Jean Grey bit it? What if somebody plucked him from that moment in time? Mm-hmm. And that's the Wolverine we get. I think that would be really cool to have a Wolverine that wasn't aware of all the new mutants running around in the in the Marvel universe mm-hmm. or the characters. That like a fresh Wolverine. Listen, I'm open to anything. Uh, you know, when when you're dealing with one of your favorite characters, you you give a you give a lot of leeway, right? Yeah, you're willing to to, to give a lot of, of of openings. I will say this, uh, David, are you caught up with? Um, with uh, the X-Men, with Uncanny specifically? No, not Uncanny. Okay. Because, you know, they've been doing this whole last will and testament of Professor yes. Charles Xavier. Yes. So that wrapped up, and uh, uh, I won't spoil it, but uh, let's just say that for however many issues they took to have the will read, 
Oh God, it went on forever. The conclusion of 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 the will was I I could have guessed in three seconds. So so I don't I don't know. Uh, the, the, I guess the, it was about the journey, not the not the result. Oh great, okay, all right. Yeah. Well, at least you saw Cyclops in uh, in New Avengers, or was it Avengers? When when Scott when um, Bobby and Sam went to go talk to him. Yes, yes. Did anybody read any uh, any any stuff from the the fastest growing publisher in the business? Valiant. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although that tipped to Valiant on their on their development deal, that's pretty cool. Yeah, for real. You know, that's uh, it, it's it's just on the verge of being a deal that I'm very dubious of because the backer is uh, a China. Hollywood Development Holding Corporation, and we don't really know much about them. And uh, I, generally, when you start hearing nondescript numbers thrown out, like they're being thrown out, I, I, I don't believe them to be. Uh, like the the stories that is that Valiant got a a a movie picture deal, development deal for all of its universe with this company, and that it's uh, high eight figures, I believe, is how people have posited it, which you know mean in the eighties to ninety ninety million dollar range. It's a lot of money. It is, but not for developing films, though. Uh, again, a, a modern action film of any kind of quality is going to start at a hundred million. Right. So, but I, I, I would assume that that would be for the first movie, and then they would gauge, you know, the, right, the but, return. But, and on that's it. exactly what I'm getting at. Is so that just really sounds to me like they have some money to basically make a movie or two and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is great. I mean, it's better than nothing, right? And, and certainly. I think one thing, all kidding aside, I know people like to poke fun at at, uh, at Valiant. I do think there's some validity in the idea that that Valiant is a, a contained uh, universe with 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 continuity and lots of different stories to tell. And so, uh, you know, if you assume the average moviegoer had no idea who uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy were, there's no reason if you didn't do these right, they couldn't have some significant success. I agree. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. They just better better start it off with EXO. Would, would that have be you would start it with EXO? Yeah, just because yep. you think it's uh the most mo- movie ready in terms of like, big big it, big action, or you think right yeah. v- visually? I think it would be the most uh, conducive to uh, those uh, unfamiliar with the character. Like I, I don't believe uh, uh, an initial salvo with Bloodshot no, is gonna no. is gonna win many people. My, my concern over. with EXO is is that the, the comparisons to Iron Man is that oh so they're gonna launch off their universe with with very similar. That could, yeah, but that could also work in their favor. It could. Um, I I think I, I think anything with 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 Harada would just be too damn dry. Um, Seriously, same same yeah. thing with Stanchek. It 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 would have to be something with Archer and Armstrong would be cool. Archer and Armstrong, I think, would be cool. Plus, it it can um, it could be the uh, that could be the connection because well, even anybody from the 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 Anapata family, because you have when when if you're reading Time Walker, you see Arid showing up. So it it's it's um, I mean Galad. It it's there's um. I think, yeah, I think the, the, the any part of family is going to be involved regardless of the character that they pick. Because they're, they're, if they're smart, they're going to plant seeds like Marvel did and put characters in the, this initial movie that you're going to see mm-hmm. in other movies down the line. So yeah, I, I think the, the immortals are going to be the, pretty much central to whatever they decide to, to put out. But yeah. Sure. I, that is a good choice, Archer and Armstrong though. 
Well, you know, do, do they have an, uh, enough? Um, are they good enough characters to carry? I, I think they are. But well, think about um, it this way: I, I think Hollywood is littered with with successful buddy cop, uh, our buddy movie action films, and that's essentially mm-hmm. what it would be. Yeah, and the and the two are are so dissimilar, where it's a nice yeah. you know ju- juxtaposition. So yeah, maybe that would work. And it could be lower budget. Oh, oh definitely, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't need all the special effects, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. So, but it could also be a kick-ass TV show. I know that part of this is to develop TV shows. That is that. true. Yeah, yeah. That, Again, that, but, so I, mean, I'm, I guess I'm a fan of buddy of buddy movie type of, of uh, that that shtick. So, so that, if, to me, that's maybe one of the reasons I like Archer and Armstrong as a as a concept in the first place. But taps into that same kind of. Plus, there's all the historical. Um, uh, aspects that that uh, you know viewers can relate to. Yeah. It, it happens on Earth, or they're, with Time Walker, you can basically have infinite oh, uh, like sliders. Oh, <laughs> the uh, Archer and Armstrong would, could be the uh, the Agents of Shield of of the Valiant Universe, because then you have you have the big spectacles with Exo Man of War with with Unity with Harbinger, mm-hmm. and then you have. Um, yeah, or actually, Harbinger could also be a spinoff with all the different characters in it. It, it would be, um, yeah, it, it's it's exciting. Basically, is what I'm saying. True, but and, and all that said, I was actually not talking about uh, Valiant when I said that, that. is true. You weren't. <laughs> you I, was say, wait, I have I have rumbled them before, ready to go when we're done. I didn't read it before the show. You fucking. Stupid. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> is that the one you were talking about? No, Rumble? no, no. no. No, I caught up with um, with Deadly Class. Oh, very nice. good. Okay, no, I think I did a. Co- uh, what's the last issue you read? Eleven. Uh, yes, yeah, same thing. Yes. So we're yes, caught up. you wanted to talk about it last week, if I recall, and then yeah, well, if you, asked me, wanted, maybe, it was, if you asked me if I read it, and I said I did. I, I did. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Oh, I loved it. It it still it continues to just be now. Now there's a uh, there's a a break. Before the next issue, um, but it is a uh, it's some hot water though, dude, big time. And and I mean, <laughs> it just and it's not it's it's not pretty. And you know, kudos to Remender because just when you think you you may not know where these characters are going or where what the characters are going to see when they turn a corner in in some rundown apartment building, but you know when when you bring back a character you haven't seen for a while from someone's origin story. Locked in a cage. It's just like, where the fuck did that come from? And it, it's just, it is, it is crazy. It's, it's a, it's amazingly well, it, it's, it's extremely well illustrated. I, I think Craig is, is, is not, he gets as much credit as Remender does for, for, for telling his story. No doubt. It, it's, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's another one. It's another one of those comics in general. That doesn't feel like anything else you're reading, but I mean, from the same damn publisher, it doesn't feel like anything else Image is putting out there, and and it just it it scratches a certain itch for me, the same way that that, that Punisher does for me. It it's just it. I'm happy when there's a new issue. I need to read it, and and I can't believe what I just read. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had a a group of uh, misfits like this since Deliverance. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, the hill, oh, the, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, crew or whatever. <laughs> I mean, <Jesus> you know, <laughs> they, they give new meaning to the, uh, to the concept of backwards. Oh, a little bit. So, and, and, uh, it's, it's just, yeah, it's interesting. I, 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 um, 
this dude has had a horrendous life and we finally find out what we finally get the details of of the of the uh, orphanage story that that he's been alluding to from the start of the book and uh it's not pretty no, no on no, any no. level no nope. uh but you know you get to the I mean, one of my favorite things is at the end of the final of the 11th issue you get that scene where it's got pull quotes on it and it's a family photo of of facing his family and it's like it is just just disturbing i mean there's a there's there's uh, this nasty couch and this this uh, there's a there's a goat or sheep <laughs> in front of them and and uh, a bong and then you know this just just all these just crazy looking hillbillies um, and uh, you know there were some cool moments like when um, when uh, you know he got himself into a little bit of a tryst a little love triangle a little bit and uh, and the girls confront one another in a very inopportune moment. And you're you're left wondering if the one is going to let the other one bite the big one as a result of her infidelity, and uh, we were friends. Exactly. <sighs> uh, there's uh, you know Vince for your fa- there 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 is a there is a head a, there is a decapitated head in this, much like you were just saying how much you liked Headpool. There is a in the three way. No, <laughs> no no no. Oh well that, that well, oh I guess technically though uh, you know it was it was another it was another. Uh, it is the head of of someone that was involved in a uh, a, a love triangle. Oh, cool! Which is now no longer a triangle because the dude's head got chopped off. But, <laughs> um, and, and I think one of the the things about this book is the coloring. It's 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 just uh, these these sharp. Uh, you know, each panel is essentially one color uh, with with some gradation, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's it has this great pop art feel to it. And they choose a lot of pastels, which is perfect for a setting, a book that's set in the 80s. Um, and it is there isn't a lot of talk of this being a period piece, but it, it's such an important component of it that, that it's set in the late 80s. Uh, and, and I think not only in the storytelling, but the, the visuals and, uh, the pacing, it's all very evocative of that time period and the fiction that was commonplace at that time. So, uh, it's really, really excellent stuff. It's, uh, and, and it's definitely Remender's most personal work. Yeah. And you, you, it's, it's, I mean, he acknowledges that, which is interesting, but at the same time, as you just said, David, it's such a fucked up book that it makes me wonder, uh, <laughs> like if Rick had a much darker side to him than we ever thought, because it's, it's, if this is his most personal book, I mean, it's also by far his most fucked up book. So, so take that as you will, but. <laughs> I'm about six issues behind. Oh, dude. Is there, I mean, there's. I uh, the, uh, I forget her name, but the one that does the, the one that has the Dia, Dia, Dias de las Muertas, uh, makeup, uh, the, the assassin. She, she goes to town on this, uh, hillbilly with a, with a pitchfork. Oh. And, uh, oof. It is, uh, it, it would, it would be right at home in an issue of Crossed. I was not expecting the last page in issue 11. I mean, of, of all the characters, everybody runs out of the building and that's who they see. I was not. So I, I can only imagine where the hell it's going with, with, with the next arc. It's just, it's. Yeah. I mean, they're in a world of shit at this point, right? You have absolutely. to assume that, that the, they're all not making it out of the next arc. They are. It, it, you, you cannot it, at no point should any of these characters ever think they are free and clear from their past. Never. Right. And, and, and on top of that, we, we've got the headmaster who knows a lot more about what's going on than they realize he knows. Yeah. And so, and he doesn't suffer fools 
lightly either. So you kind of get the sense that, that I don't know how long Rick and West plan for this book to run, but you get the sense that uh, this is going to be one of those books where there aren't going to be many people left standing at the end. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So, Oof. major kudos to, uh, to to Rick and Wes on this book. And actually, I, I should have looked. Who do, do you know who does the colors offhand? Is it uh, is it Leverage? It is Lee Lowridge. Yeah. Yes, it is. There yeah. you go. Lee, you're killing it in this book. It really is. So. For real. And if you would like to kill it at the cash register. Oh, Wow. Yes. When, when you're buying your books, go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, because you are not going to find them cheaper anywhere else. As as many retailers will attest, DCBService.com is very hard to beat in terms of discount. S- uh, such as from Oni, the uh, tour, Sister Bambi number one, you can get it for 50% off, $1.99. The Shadow Year One Omnibus from the Dynamite People for $14.99, also 50% off. And the Valiant Trade Paperback Collecting Issues 1 to 4 will cost you a paltry $4.99. Get thee to dcbservice.com. We would have words. Uh, This weekend, I got caught up on my IDW Godzilla. Um, I am not going to talk about Rulers of Earth, because I believe it's gone on far too long. Uh, but I do want to talk about and highly recommend you check out, uh, if it's not out now, it will be out very soon, the collected edition of Godzilla Cataclysm, written by Cullen Bunn and illustrated by the awesome Dave Wachter. It is a visual tour de force. Yeah, I think it's Dave's best work by far. He continues to impress, and this thing is just amazing. The conceit is um, a man was involved in this um, uh, experiment to get the kaiju off uh, humanity's back, uh, it was um, done by influencing them with uh, cybernetic helmets that projected the uh, thought patterns of these um, very gifted people into the minds of the kaiju. And it worked for a while. They, they literally mind raped the kaiju into acting along the lines they wanted them to act. But they pushed their luck. They took it too far. The kaiju went apeshit. And just friggin' destroyed everything. Uh, this is, let's say, 50 years later. The man is now an old man. The earth is in ruins. Um, plant life is scarce. So people are basically struggling to survive. These isolated packs of, of, of groups of humans are just living actually hour by hour. And something brings the beasts back. Uh, Biolante, which if you don't know is a plant-based kaiju, uh, tries to re-green the earth, so to speak. And who shows up but Godzilla and he is not having it. He does not want humanity to survive. Why? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Read the damn series, but it, it, it is an ama- it's a masterwork by Dave Wachter. It is amazing. I cannot tell you how beautiful this thing is. He, Dave gets it. 
Um, he the 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 action sequences are just flat out fabulous, and he has such a handle on the the design of the kaiju. Uh, he and he does many of them. Godzilla, King Ghidra's in it. Um, Biollante, like I said, it, it's just it's a beautiful freaking book. Uh, five issues, and they're going to collect it all. Uh, it may even be out. Uh, Google it. Um, it comes out from IDW, and it is probably um, one of the best illustrated Godzilla uh, pieces ever. That is high praise when you take a look at all of the uh, the quality of the artists that have worked on Godzilla over the many years. It, it's just it's 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 flat out gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And the story the story is great too. It's not just monsters beating the shit out of each other. There's a reason why the kaiju are acting the way they do in this book. And Cullen Bunn, he's another dude that just he he understands that you know monster on monster that's great, but for you know. X amount of issues, just having monster fight monster. There's got to be a reason why these things are going on, and Bun gives us that in this book. So get it. Huh. Yep. Um, in your travels, uh, I am going to say. Well, there's there's a book that I I am catching up on. That's my new travels. But first, because I was flipping through before the episode started, I am extremely I can't believe I'm saying this because I wasn't expecting to. Um, I think this first issue, written by Kelly Thompson, art by the newly christened Sophie Campbell of Gem and the Holograms, is amazing. Really? I saw that. Dude, yeah, yeah. It looks stunning. Huh? I am. I'm. Ooh. I just. It. It. It's. I'll. I'll be reading it soon too. But um, in your travels, I. Uh, I went back and started I read the first five issues over the past couple of days. I'm gonna continue because it's it's still going on Earth like issue, I don't know, eleven, twelve, thirteen. But it's uh Secret Avengers by um Lescott and Michael Walsh and it is um it's it kind of feels a little bit like Zero in the Marvel Universe. Um if, if you're familiar with, with Cot, this, this definitely feels like, um, like his work. And, and the Secret Avengers is basically run by Maria Hill. And, and it's, uh, it's a, um, a co-op of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Avengers, uh, members. Uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. members are Nick Fury and, um, and Phil Coulson. The Avengers are Black Widow and Spider-Woman and, and Hawkeye is kind of just, um, Joined in on the fun quite by accident from the first issue, but it, it, he's, he's part of the team now. Um, Modoc is also involved and that is, um, that, that's kept a secret from the team, um, by Maria and, and, uh, she is very much in control. Uh, there is, uh, she's in charge rather. Um, it is, it's crazy. I, I, I said I read up to issue five and, um, Things that have happened in the first four issues kind of come to a head, especially for, uh, Phil, who needs some time off based on the events from the fourth issue. Um, but he kind of went AWOL and Maria wants to know where he is. So she, uh, she tells Nick to find out where he is and, and Nick opens up Phil's locker and, um, something bad happens. So I, I need to read the sixth issue to see where they're going with this. The, uh, the, the dialogue between 
the Avengers, especially between Jessica and um, and uh, Ms. Romanov, are it it just I I appreciate that. Um, I need to see if the editor is the same on on all the, the books, especially with when you look at like Hickman's or even um, the Bendis Guardians team up with with those Avengers. Uh, everybody kind of sounds the same. No, no, nobody is is really off from one book to the next, even though different writers are are tending to these characters. But I, I was uh, I'm I'm very surprised with Secret Avengers. The are the, the covers are by Trad Moore and they're awesome. On their own, but the, uh, the interior by, by Walsh, they, they look great. He's not really a, um, no, he's not the kind of guy I think of when, you know, I think of, of an action oriented superhero book, but it fits this particular book and, uh, and, and it's, it's not, it, it, it's not the kind of book you need to read it if, if you're catching up on Hickman's. Avengers books or, or, uh, you want to know what's going on in, in the other parts of the Marvel universe. This really is its own thing. And, and I don't know if the things that are happening in here will affect other, um, Marvel titles, but I mean, for just something different on its own, I, um, I'm, I'm quite happy with, uh, where Secret Avengers is going. Couple comments. Yeah. Trad, Tradmore's covers are sick. They are, dude. They're, they're totally sick. Um, I think Michael Moss is doing a fantastic job. Agreed. The interiors. I, I love it when you get the left field smack in the back of the head from an artist that, you know, we've seen him on Zero and other yep. books. And I I was like, okay, I, give him a shot. Let, let's see what he can do. But I think he takes it far beyond what I I uh, uh, I thought he was capable of doing. And I, I, I really like his work. But like I said – Left field and three, I think zero is one of Image's best books by far. You do, yeah. I think it's it, it's a total sleeper. Love it. So cool. I'm glad you're liking that. I got I got to get caught up on that too. I'm falling behind. Familiar refrain from you. I know, right? It's <laughs> I get I get upset. It is, it's I, a good problem to have, though. I'll I'll find something and I'll just dive in whole hog like it's the Cerebus and it's just that things fall by the wayside. Oh, I, I know the feels. Once you get past this collection of snuff films, you'll be all set to start reading. <laughs> How did you know? Huh. So <laughs> I figured since I talked a bit about a Remender image book tonight, I would do a little in your travels on another one of his image books, Volume One, the collected edition of Low. This first version is uh, Volume 1, The Delirium of Hope, which is written by Mr. Remender and beautifully painted by Mr. Greg Tokini, uh, who uh, they first got together on Last Days of American Crime a few years ago, and then this is their follow-up project. It's uh, We've talked about it before uh, when the first issue or two hit, uh, and I was waiting for the collected edition to uh, get around to the story, and I, I won't go too deep here because it's in your travels, but... It's a cool concept. The, the issue is essentially um, at some point the Earth is going to expand and go supernova and it's going to destroy our planet and many others. But between then and now, um, it's suffice to say that the levels of heat and radiation on the Earth will gradually increase. And Remender does a sci-fi story that takes place in the future where essentially that's happened. And as a result, what would humanity do to survive? They they create massive cities at the very bottom of the ocean to protect themselves from the radiation. 
And they did that with the intent that they would just be down there long enough to find another planet to inhabit. But um, it's been thousands of years since they sent probes out um, to uh, find another planet, and they never got a bite back. So essentially, they are, the humanity is dying a slow death. We're kind of in the thralls of the Bacchanal of Rome as Nero watched it burn. We're in the the the, the last great. We're in the last sta- the last uh, throes of a of a of a once great existence, and. Most people are going around li- just living out the, pl- playing out the string. Um, but, uh, but not everyone. And there is, um, a beacon finally shows up to suggest that perhaps there really is another planet and that, uh, there is a reason to, uh, to, to have hope after all. And the book is, the, the primary character is a, a woman named Stel Kane. And, uh, as, as Rick describes her, she is an eternal optimist. And uh, he said before he wrote this book, he had never once in his life written an optimistic character. And uh, this is uh, his attempt at doing so. So she, she's the one who believes that there's always a happy ending if you fight for it. And uh, this is her journey. So um, the one thing I will say about this book uh, is that uh, although we are fortunate enough to get uh, digital reviews of, of most image things, thanks to... Uh, our friends there, they, they, and it's, it's very nice of them to provide that with for us, uh, as, you know, I guess a press perk or whatever. Uh, this is a book that you're far better served, uh, reading in paper form. Um, the, the Takini's painting is so, so lush. And, uh, there's something about the digital transfer that, that mutes it in an, in an unfair way. So while the digital, comic is certainly worth reading if that's your only outlet uh, i i would if you have the option i would highly recommend ordering the trade or getting the issues because it it's it's it goes from the visuals don't digitally aren't done justice the the, the visuals as you're holding it in your hand are a 10 and uh and i would hate to see this book short shrifted in some people's eyes because they're not getting the full uh luscious nature of of Tokini's rich work so i agree yeah, totally. There you go. Cool. And there's nudity. Boom. Yeah. Very nicely done nudity. I'll too. say. And I, I really appreciate the conceit that we don't have to find another habitable planet uh, because we could have just terraformed, like, say, Mars or, or like in our solar system. We have to get out of our solar system because when, when the Earth goes kablooey, it's going to take a lot of other stuff with it. Right. That's a cool conceit. I like that a lot. Absolutely. You gotta stretch. You gotta express yourself. Mm. It, it's true. That's not the next line. Uh, well, <laughs> that's not my gig. <laughs> that's not the exit music. Uh, no, and it never will be. Vince, do we have anything else we want to uh, remind people of? Um, I we do, but I didn't get anything. Um, yeah, you did. Where? Facebook Messenger. Oh, really? Yes, really. Well, let's just check this out right now. <laughs> You know what? Next week I, I'll um. Next week I'll have some Justice League. Oh yeah, like modern or old school? No, no, like 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 current like modern. No, sadly not even Bwahaha, but but something something really recent. Um, that uh, good and bad, but it was it's 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 recent Justice League stuff. Oh damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. I saw the char- the characters on the front of the all new, all different I adventures. Gee, why? Why? Oh, I didn't. Cannot, they can't no, they can't. And, and they need to, yeah, they need to share. 
why does everything have to be revealed? Yeah. All right. Did you know that the Indie Comics Expo is going to run from April 24th uh, uh, this year from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m.? I didn't know that, yes. Yeah, Reggie's Rock Club at 2109 South State Street in Chicago. That's in Illinois. And King Bone Press has secured two large rooms at Reggie's, which is located a mere two miles from McCormick Place, to host creators, panels, and music. In the music joint room, you can have some great food and drinks, see live panel discussions, and creator interviews. In the Rock Club, you can meet with creators at their tables, grab a drink, and hear some amazing live music from Cochise Soulstar and Adam Warrock. That is cool. There will be a live interview with Ed Brisson, writer of Sheltered. Uh, Come back and many great comics. All this, get this, for only $8 at the door. Word. Word. But discount tickets, shirts, and VIP open bar packages are only available at www.kingbonepress.com. That's King bone b-o-n-e press.com awesome makes me want to go to chicago yes i i am i am bummed that we yes. will not be able to attend this it will be a eoc friendly event for sure for real now i'm just going to cut and paste this text that i was <laughs> unaware of in in into next week's show notes there we go look at, look and, at that and, and long time listeners probably recognize the name king bone press is uh as our good buddies, uh, Mr. John Westoff and friends and Bob Gar and crew are, uh, and Ray Wagner and all sorts of people are putting out awesome comics, uh, every couple months through their own imprint. And, uh, they're good people and always big time friends and supporters of ours. So we don't hear much from Bob Gar anymore though. It's true. No. I-, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know what's up with that. I think maybe he's, uh, not the as big on the Facebooks. Yeah. Shouldn't have pulled out when I no did. No more love. Seriously, Bob hey. Gar, what happened? Funny moon's over. <laughs> so there you go. There's the helicopter, which means we are out of here. The helicopter, you were too. Do me a favor and come back next week because I am tired of placating Mr. Price when you don't. Lord. He, he gets very verklempt because he's infatuated with you and needs you around. So please. If you enjoyed this one, you can find the next one the same place. Come back and join us. As always, we love you so much, and we will miss you if you're not here. Vince does love you. Vince loves you. I do, totally. Makes one of us. <laughs> oh, taking off. <laughs> get the chopper. <laughs> get, get to the chopper. Oh, oh. <laughs> later. Say good. No, no later. Later. Say, say, good, say good night. David. Good night, David.